Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,356. Today, buckle up because we're going drag racing. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Flemington, New Jersey, on a typical summer day in New Jersey. A little warm, a little humid, but we're going to have some fun. I'm with a very special guest by the name of Joe Morris. And Joe, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Heck yeah, Mark, or should I say Cars Yeah, Mark, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Excited, excited to be on the show, and thanks for having me. Well, absolutely, and uh, telling a drag racer, are you ready to release the clutch, is kind of a, a silly thing, because uh, you've gone through your whole life ready to release a clutch as you watch the Christmas tree countdown. But before we get into that world, I would love for you to share one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Joe. Yeah, I'm happy to. So most of the folks that have followed me and, and that I've become friends with in the racing world don't know that I'm a musician. I play guitar. Nice. Um, actually, mostly guitar. I play keyboards and bass as well. But I still play out live in a classic rock cover band uh, in the New Jersey area called Bourbon Hayes. So most people have no idea I'm still a performing musician. Well, this is cool, and it's very interesting to me because I'll tell you, Joe, I've had many, many guests, obviously, with over 2,350 shows, and I've had many, uh, kind of a, a wild number of people that are musicians, and you're wearing a Gibson t-shirt today, and on the wall behind me is hanging a Fender Stratocaster. I played guitar back in the day. I need to pick it up and do more. In fact, I picked up one of my acoustic guitars yesterday, and I was amazed that I still remembered how to play classical gas, and it was a song I played in a recital. It must be the muscle memory that just stays in there. Absolutely does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yep. It's funny. It's like riding a bike. It comes. It does come back most of the time. Yeah. Well, I need to pick up my uh, my axes and play uh, more. But uh, that is very cool. I love it. Very very cool. Well, let me introduce you and let's dive into this wonderful world that you've uh, created for yourself. Nitro Joe Morrison, as they call him, is a drag racer who has been on the track for over 15 years. And in 2011, he was the Northeast Timing Organization Comp Eliminator Season Champion. That's a mouthful. After three seasons of racing part-time in Top Fuel, Joe is making the change to Nitro Funny Car this season and plans on making his debut in the second NHRA Pro Class later this year. He's a second-generation drag racer following in the footsteps of his father, Chuck. Joe is inspired by legends in the sport, including Jungle Jim Lieberman, Big Daddy Darren Garlitz, who's been a guest here on Cars Yeah, also a guest, The Snake, Don Prudhomme, Richard Petty, and Dale Earnhardt Sr. After losing his teammate Mike Gillespie to an illness, Joe made it his mission to honor his friend's legacy, along with inspiration to his father Chuck, who was diagnosed with COPD, and he created Right to Breathe. It's a building awareness program about the disease and strives to help others with this horrible affliction. His family and friends, like I said, like to call him Nitro Joe. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so please give them a little love. We're going to go drag racing, so you better buckle up, put your earplugs in. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus, your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique, in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Joe, uh, let's first start with this drag racing because that's what we're, we're here about today. And we're pers- uh, we're going to talk about Right to Breathe as well because what you're doing there is wonderful. But let's go back to drag racing. Having a dad that was a drag racer obviously was a massive influence, and you followed in his footsteps. So tell us about that journey. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't remember not wanting to race. I hate to use a double negative there, but really all my life, as long as I can remember – I've always wanted to drive, drag racing in particular. Love racing in general and all kinds of cars. I've been very lucky to have had opportunities to get in, in a number of different race cars over the years. Um, not just drag race cars. You know, not, nothing else in competition other than drag racing. But yeah, just, uh, I mean, so my mom tells a story when I was just a toddler. And back then, car seats were not really a thing. And my dad had a 59 Corvette. I was sitting in my mother's lap and guy pulls up in a GTO next to my dad and revs the motor up a little bit as the story goes, thinking, you know, there's this guy with his wife and kid in the car, you know, he, what's he going to do? And, of course, the light turns green. My dad whole shots the guy, takes off, banging gears in the, in the Corvette. Oh, my God. And my, mo- my mother said I was jumping up and down, laughing, saying, do it again, Daddy. Do it again, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah. I don't even remember that, but evidently since before I can remember, I've loved it. I've absolutely loved it. In fact, mom and dad's first date was to Island Dragway in New Jersey, and mom was still working in the timing tower while she was pregnant with me. So I can literally say I've been going to the races since before I was born. <laughs> before you were born. Wow. Well, nitro in the bloodstreams, I guess, and uh, the smell of burnt rubber. Well, when was the first time that you were able to get into a drag car and uh, go down a strip? So the funny story, I had it almost. So when I was 16 and here in New Jersey, you don't get your driver's license until you're 17. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine had a, had a 1971 Dodge Challenger with a 340 and he was willing to let me race his car. And at that time you had to be 18 in New Jersey to get bike strip. So here I was 16 years old and I went down to Raceway Park on a Wednesday, all set to drive this car illegally. Fortunately, I say fortunately, I'm not at the time I was upset by it, rained out that night, never got to do it. So by the time I finally got to actually race, it was in a car that I bought. It was a 1970 Chevelle with a 350 that had been bored and stroked out to a 383. Uh, had an M21 Muncie uh, wide ratio four-speed transmission, and it wasn't a true SS. It really was a Malibu that had been converted, so it had a 10-volt differential open rear, not even a posi, six-cylinder gears, and it had a 273. So I went through the finish line in third gear at 105 miles an hour at about 5,500 RPM and uh, running high 13 second quarter mile time. So oh. that was my first first time down the drag strip, the uh, Raceway Park in, in New Jersey that's unfortunately now closed, but many great memories at that and, and the two other tracks here in New Jersey. Well, no kidding. And that, that started the trend. Tell us a little bit about the different types of drag racing that you've done, because you've done some um, a multitude of different kinds of cars on the track, up to some very serious, fast, very high-end uh, race cars. Thanks. Yeah, it, it really started out with that Chevelle, and I had some success with that car took a break for a little bit to chase a music career. So then finally in the late 90s is when I was building a, a Nova to go drag racing with and just putting it together piece by piece, not having a whole lot of money, but having the desire. Um, so I just was building this thing slowly. In the midst of that, went and got my competition license in 2001 at Doug Foley's Drag Racing School. So the beginning of it, really, I went right from driving this nine-second car uh, super gas and, and bracket race car uh, out of Doug Foley's school to then being able to drive this 1948 Fiat Topolino altered. So it was a wait a minute, what? Funny car chassis. <laughs> yeah, a Fiat Topolino. Yeah, I and, know what those are. <laughs> it, it's hard to imagine, right? But but back in the in the late 60s, the fuel alters and and a lot of these guys not not even running on nitro. They had other other what they would call altered wheelbase cars. They used a lot of these small, tiny cars like the Fiat Topolino and, and the T-Buckets and the Bantams were used as bodies on these altered wheelbase cars sure. because the idea in drag racing is a great, big, powerful engine and as light a car as possible so that you could get down the strip in, in, you know, in, in quick yeah. form, right? Yeah. So this car was a – now, this was based on an alcohol funny car chassis. Most altered and funny cars are similar other than what the body is on them anymore. So this was a, a 125-inch wheelbase car with a 706-cubic-inch engine, all aluminum. It was modeled after a Chevy, but there was really very little Chevy about it, with a Donovan block and, and uh, Oldsmobile big chief heads with giant valves in it, fuel-injected running on alcohol. And it would run the quarter-mile 
my best ETs in the car just on alcohol were was a, a 7.25 seconds Whoa. at 185 miles an hour. Holy cow. Yeah, so it was really fast, and, and that's where we started racing because it was a 1948 body style, although it was a chopped top and a longer chassis. We raced with this nostalgia club that you mentioned before, the Northeast Timing Organization, mm-hmm. run by, um, at the time, uh, a friend of my dad's from racing, a gentleman by the name of Tony File, who used to race in pro stock. He was an engine builder here. And he was one of the guys that I really looked up to and, and was one of many mentors to me. But racing in the, the group Nito, the competition was fierce. These, these racers and this club still exists today. I'm proud to say I still have a bunch of friends there and an amazing organization. If you ever want to see some great nostalgia racing, go out and watch the guys and gals from uh, the Northeast Timing Organization, or NITO, in the New Jersey, New York, Mm -hmm. uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland. They race all tracks around the area. Wow. That was the car I got most of my laps in. And and by the time we got into 2013, a couple of years after I had won the championship, I was very fortunate. That was when I, in 2013, is when I really first started pursuing a career driving professional nitro cars. And before that, I never thought it was even possible. My dad, unfortunately, had to give up racing when my brother and I were young and, and, and my, my grandfather had passed away of lung cancer and my dad had to take over the family business. So we kept going to the races, but I grew up believing that you had to be rich or that you had to be born into the right family in order to go drag racing. So mm. with the fact that I got to race at all to me was a miracle. And then after having some success and being able to move up a bit and drive for other team owners, that to me was an indication like, okay, maybe, maybe I could really do this. And so I first started chasing my, my ultimate dream of driving a, a nitro car, whether it's a top fuel drags or a nitro funny cars, which are my favorites, always been the funny cars. Yeah. So that was when I had the opportunity to drive for a, a friend, Ted Brine. I was introduced to him by another friend, Paul Gold, who was a, a nitro racer from back in the day. And Ted had this 1934 Ford five window coupe with the suicide doors, right? The doors that opened in the front instead oh, yeah. of the back. Yeah. And, and this car had a, a four, uh, gosh, what I try to remember the size of the engine. I think, I think it was a 481 cubic inch Donovan, another Donovan block, uh, Hemi on nitro. So it was a true fuel altered 112 inch wheelbase. This thing was an absolute beast. Um, and started driving that car in 2015. And at the same time, started working with another nostalgia racer who we had met over the years and been friends. And he needed a driver for the frantic Ford, a 1970 Mach one Mustang nitro funny car, nostalgia, funny car, my good friend, Rocky Perone. And so since I had that, had gotten that license to drive nitro cars, there were not a whole lot of people with those licenses. And, and Rocky knew that I had had a lot of success and we both ended up in the same winter circles at these nostalgia meet. And so, uh, he had asked me to come on board if I wanted to be interested in driving the car. And part of the rules for driving for Perone racing is you have to work on the cars. And to me, that's like, that's a dream come true. Wait, <laughs> I, I get to actually work on the cars and drive them. This is the best thing ever. So drove a couple of different funny cars for Rocky, the frantic Ford, like I mentioned, the super Camaro. And then he has another a 1977 bodied Trans Am called the screaming Eagle. And that's a real fast alcohol burning car. And, and my best ET in that car, I want to say I've gone 618 or 6.19 in that car at wow. 230 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. That's a real fast one. Drove for a fellow by the name of Mike Harrigan, who has the, what do you call the fool's gold, which is also a nitro funny car. 
1972 Barracuda. Nice. Uh, which is a really, that's a real awesome car. And also had gotten licensed in top alcohol dragster in an injected nitro car uh, owned by Jerry Darian. And Jerry is a well-known injected nitro racer. As a matter of fact, he's the one that John Force's three daughters drove for at different uh, times. Yeah, okay. And a lot of different drivers have learned from Jerry. So I was really fortunate to uh, to be able to get my top alcohol license in his car and, and learned a lot learned a lot from Jerry. And that was back, gosh, back in 2014. Nice. So that's just a handful. I've been very, very, very lucky that people have trusted me to drive their race cars. You know, these things are so darn expensive. And drag racing, you know, a lot of folks think, well, you look, you just leave the starting line. You're going in a straight line. How hard could it be? Mm, oh, try, there's a lot. Try doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I find it interesting that, you know, Tony Stewart, who has really gotten the drag racing bug lately, and he owns a top fuel team that his wife, Leah, drives and, and a nitro funny car that Matt Hagen drives. Tony Stewart got into a top fuel car and made a bunch of passes in the car. And his response is, I'm not ready for this yet. The way he described it is, yeah. you know, your ass is up there and your brain is still back at the starting line. <laughs> Things happen so quickly in these cars, even at the, you know, I say the slower cars, right? These nostalgic cars are still 2,500, 3,000 horsepower. Yeah. I mean, these things are, are absolute animals. And most people don't realize our brains and our, our eyes are not created to handle that type of speed and acceleration and, and it takes it takes time for you to catch up with the car i know it sounds weird but it's kind of like uh it's like in star wars right when they engage <laughs> yeah. the hyperdrive so. yeah it's a, it's an amazing <laughs> thing you know one of the things i wanted to touch on which is really wonderful and it's part of what brought us together today is what you're doing with right to breathe and you know you had this good friend mike and it'd be awesome to hear a little bit about him today as well and how that and then your father's uh, disease, lung disease, and it sounds like uh, your grandfather. Uh, tell us a little bit about Mike Gillespie and how this led into Right to Breathe and what Right to Breathe is all about. Absolutely. So Mike was a racer from back in the day. And, and like many people, when racing got more expensive, he, he couldn't really afford to keep up with it. My dad and I would see Mike at the Summer Nationals at English Town when the NHRA would come to town and, and we would hang out and, and, and talk. And I was building my Nova and Mike had inherited some money after his uh, parents had passed away and bought that 1948 Fiat Topolino that I, I got to drive. And Mike had been a cancer survivor at that point. But as we started racing, the cancer came back, unfortunately. At that same time was when my dad was diagnosed with COPD. So here we are, you know, my, I'm finally able to give racing back to my dad. Like I mentioned, he had to give it up when my brother and I were young, even though we were still in, involved and we would still go to the races, he wasn't racing himself. So here it is, like, I, I, I get to fulfill my lifelong dream, but yet Mike, the guy whose car I'm driving made it possible is battling cancer. Mm. And my dad is struggling with this new diagnosis of COPD. And so what happened was I was using the race car as motivation for these two guys to overcome the, the challenges of living with cancer and COPD. So again, 2006 was when we started racing together. 2008, cancer, Mike's cancer had gotten really bad. And I, I was sitting with him in the hospital in the end of June, 2008. And he said, you know, I'm tired, Joe. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm really, I'm not going to make it out, but, but you and your dad need to keep racing. 
And I was like, yeah, I, I know. We'll figure it out. I'll get my Nova done. He said, no, you know, I want you to sell all your stuff, sell your Nova, sell everything, put the money into the estate. Uh, Mike had a couple of other race cars in various stages of completion as he was trying to, we were trying to go faster and do different things. He said, help my brothers liquidate the estate and I want you to keep the Fiat and the trailer and I want you and your dad to keep racing. Wow. And he passed away three weeks later. Oh my goodness. And, and, and it just, just um, without Mike believing in me and giving me a chance to drive his car and then wanting my dad and I to continue, I wouldn't be where I am today. And, and what I promised him was, I said, Mike, I'll make sure that your name is involved with me and racing forever. So the business entity I have that manages all the car racing is called MPG Sports Marketing for Mike Gillespie. Oh, nice. Uh, because the name of the race team was MPG Racing. So I've continued to carry Mike with me all throughout because without him, I never would have had this chance, you know? What a wonderful thing. A wonderful guy to have in your life. And so out of this evolves right to breathe. So tell us about that. Yeah, so it, it actually started, we did a... Um, I also, I've been friends with Jack Beckman, Nitro Funny Car Racer, and he's on hiatus right now without sponsorship, unfortunately. I'd love to see Jack be back out racing, but uh, Jack is also a cancer survivor, and he did a fundraiser for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So it was, uh, I think it was 2009. He was doing this national campaign, and so we used the Fiat to help him promote that. And when that was over, my dad said, you know, we should really do something for COPD. There's all these people like me who don't get diagnosed until they're further along in the disease. And so we first got involved with the COPD Foundation, and they had a program in NASCAR called Drive for COPD. So I said, oh, you know what? Why don't we bring this over to drag racing? And so that's how we actually got started. It was my dad saying, hey, you know what? There's all these people that have COPD and don't know it. According to the CDC, 12 to 14 million Americans have COPD and have not yet been diagnosed. Wow. And my dad didn't get diagnosed until he had lost about half of his lung function. We found out through getting involved with the COPD Foundation that that's a common story. Um, and, and I was like, that's completely unfair, right? There are these people that work their whole lives. They're finally able to sit back and do what they love to do. And yet now they're dealing with lung disease, right? Because it doesn't catch up to you until typically later in life. So we got involved with the COPD Foundation, but unfortunately, you know, long story short, the funding for the Drive for COPD program went away and they were shutting the program down. And, and so I said, you know what, after all this work and, and what we're doing in drag racing and knowing that we're reaching people, I decided that uh, we were going we to keep going. And so Tim Charlet and I, who is, Tim's a, a friend of mine and, and co-founder in Right to Breathe, said, you know what, we're going to start our own organization. So in 2014, I founded Right to Breathe with Tim's help. And here we are nine years later. And uh, really, we are provi- what we do is we provide free lung screenings at, at race events, as well as we run patient support groups and things like that. Knowing that there was a need there, knowing that there are these folks that have lung disease and don't know it, people need to know that becoming increasingly short of breath is not a normal sign of aging. Mm-hmm. And nobody's talking about it. And, and nobody's reaching the community that I love, which is, the automotive enthusiasts, I mean, car lovers, car people, racing people, whether it's drag racing, NASCAR, motorcycle racing, you name it, the big groups like the American Lung Association aren't reaching out to us. Hmm. And so that's, that was really the inspiration was Mike's journey and realizing that if we reach out to people talking about, hey, look, the importance of doing what you love. And, it, and if, you, if you take care of your body, you know, or look, it, it's better to know and to manage, because you can actually treat COPD 
and slower stop the progression of it. Uh-huh. And if my dad would have been diagnosed earlier, he'd probably still be with us. I mean, he passed away in 2016, but early diagnosis is the key to living better and living longer. Right. Um, and so that's what Right to Breathe does, right? We, we work to get people, provide a pathway to diagnosis so they can learn about it. And then we pro- help provide the tools to live better. And what we believe is people can overcome great obstacles when they allow their passions in life to inspire them. And for me, that's cars and drag racing. Uh, it's a wonderful thing you're doing. And you know, it's, it's a lot like, and especially you talk about men, prostate cancer is another one of those that uh, is a slow progression. And if you're not getting tested or going in for annual physicals and talking, frankly, with your physician about, hey, something's going on here. What could it be? It's such a slow progression. I've known people with COPD and my father passed about the same, well, same year your father passed from pulmonary fibrosis, another lung disease that's just terrible and slowly smothers you to death. And uh, yeah, so really important. Again, you listeners and for us guys, you know, we tend to kind of ignore things because yeah, we're men, we're men, you know, Uh, don't ignore health issues. Go get your annual physicals, talk to your doctor, talk to your spouse, talk to your friends. Just, hey, I'm feeling this. What do you think? And uh, get checked out. So uh, wonderful what you're doing. I'll put connections on your show notes page here on the Carsia website about how people can learn more about Right to Breathe and where to go and how to uh, understand what's going on here. You know, let's get back to talking about cars a little bit. And you've had some really fun rides in your life. You've jumped in some amazing vehicles. Is there one vehicle in your life that uh, really stands out as you look back? And could you tell us a brief story about that ride? Yeah, there's um, kind of two, really. Um, number one, um, when I was 15, actually, I bought a 1969 Camaro. It was an SS clone, not a true SS. I wish I had the money for a true SS at the time. Heck, I wish I still had the car, honestly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, We all have those that, stories. That was, it was a black SS-looking Camaro, right, with the little uh, spoiler on the back and the cowl induction hood, black with black interior. I basically pulled the engine out of the Chevelle, that 383 I talked about earlier, and threw it in the Camaro with a posi rear and a turbo 350 that I put a, I put a shift kit in it. That car was a ton of fun. I had finally gotten it finished during my senior year of high school, and I just driving that car around. I mean, we just had such a great time with that thing. The other vehicle I actually got, I bought from my dad when his COPD had progressed to the point where he could no longer ride it. I have his 1990 Electra Glide Classic Harley Davidson. Oh. And with my good friend Rocky Perone, as I mentioned before, and his wife Donna, my wife Jen, we took a road trip to Sturgis a couple of years ago and rode through the Black Hills of South Dakota, had some amazing rides on the Harley. And so my dad always wanted to get to Sturgis and I was finally able finally able to get my dad's bike to Sturgis and had just some amazing rides. So nice. Those two, I would think are, are kind of the most meaningful vehicles in my lifetime. I still have the Harley. Well, very cool. I love it. So uh, let me crawl into your head a little bit here. Uh, do a little car psychology. If you were reincarnated <laughs> as a vehicle, not what you want to be though. This is how you perceive yourself built into some kind of vehicle. What would you be? But more importantly, why? Oh gosh. You know, I would be a nitro funny car. <laughs> I kind of thought so. So I'm a drag racer because it just in life in general, I'm either full throttle or I have the parachutes out. There is no <laughs> in between with me. I, yeah. I am. I'm an intense. I'm an intense guy. I, I, you know, I'm either 330 miles an hour or I got the parachutes out. And 
I'm working on myself constantly, and that's that's pretty much accurate of a nitro funny car, right? You gotta sure, you gotta always. rebuild the engine every time you run it down the track. So I feel like I'm a I'm a work in progress, you know, and and I'm constantly trying to be better. So yeah, I don't know. I'd be I'd be a nitro funny car. Yeah, that makes sense. I see that absolutely. It's in your blood. Yeah. How about uh, reading? You know, we love books here. We love to recommend books, uh, either audio books or reading books that might help people or maybe something you've gleaned some valuable information from. Is there a book like that for you? You know, there's two recently that that I, I've gone through this year. I am. I love audio books because I'm always so busy, but I but if I can be learning while I'm doing something else, I'm right. all about it. The two that are really stand out this year in particular, a book called Atomic Habit oh, yeah. by James Clear. Yep. I love that book. That's not necessarily new. It's a couple of years old, but I think it's a great book. And and I've been incorporating some of the things in Atomic Habits into my life, and I think it's fantastic. Another one that I really like is called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Chris was a former, was he CIA? He was a, or FBI. I can't remember which, of course I should remember. He was a hostage negotiator. That's the main point. And uh, learning how to negotiate from someone who was negotiating with people's lives on the line. I found it to be very interesting. So uh, uh, interesting book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I think that's fantastic. Awesome. Two great books. I love it. So before I let you go today, I'm a bit of an enabler, and I am going to enable you to go on what I call is the ultimate drive. Now, this could be a drive on a road somewhere, or it could be a run down a track somewhere, depending on what you want. I'm going to buy you anything in the world. Don't worry about the price. Park it in your garage. You could take it for a drive, and you could take anybody with you, including somebody from the past who's no longer with us, which opens up a world of opportunities for an amazing ride. What would the ultimate drive look like for you? Oh boy, that's tough because there are so many people that I admire or that, that I would just love to sit and talk to. And I would be driving. I guarantee that if, okay. I, if to pick a car, you know, I, I am, uh, there's some amazing vehicles and I, I would love to drive a bunch of different ones, but pick one. I would love like a 2019 Z07 Corvette. I think it has seven speed manual trans in that thing and the supercharged engine. And um, I love the stylings up the new vets are great. The mid engine cars are awesome, but I don't know. I love that 2019, man. I think, and, and the, why the Z07 instead of the Z06 is the aerodynamic package with that. And, and, and the, whatever, whatever, I think it made 650 horsepower. I think that would be fantastic. Sure. Who would be with me? You know, Oh gosh, if I had to pick one, Right off, you know, I would go with Don Pernome. I'd go with the snake, man, you know, nice. taking a drive up the Pacific Coast Highway with the snake in a Corvette, talking cool. about drag racing in the 70s and 80s. I think that would be that would be just outrageous. Yeah, he was a guest on the show not too long ago. If you missed that, you can go back and listen on the Cars yeah website. I was so excited to yep. have him as a guest because when I was a kid, I was building those snake models, had the Hot Wheels models, you know, and to be able to talk with the guy after all these years, wonderful man. He was a great guest and it was just like pinch me moment. Like, I'm, I'm talking to the snake. This is pretty darn cool. Uh, brought back a, a lot of wonderful memories. So no doubt that drive in that Z07 is going to be quite spectacular. You've taken us on a marvelous ride today and I can't uh, thank you enough Joe for taking a, a brief pit stop here from your very active lifestyle to spend it with me and I want to do a quick shout out to our mutual friends Doug and Marissa Campbell they're the ones that introduced me to Joe Doug and Marissa are awesome of course they work with Superformance and uh, uh, Lance Stander and all the team there uh, wonderful cars that go pretty fast and we can have some fun in before I let you go today though could you share maybe uh, parting words of wisdom with us 
Yeah, well, I want to thank Doug and Marissa for connecting us. They're wonderful people, and I, I'm just glad to know them. And they're they're absolutely fantastic. So you thanks bet. for that shout out because I want I wanted to confirm that. So parting thoughts, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in life, my dad spent many years working as a plumber, doing what he had to, not what he loved to, and mm. and that kind of I I kind of relived that to a certain extent, and um in in the fact that I I thought I had to have a quote unquote real job and, and, and ran a landscape business because I had to, not because it's what I love to do. And so what I've discovered over the years is that, that really the magic happens if you can find what you love to do and, and combine that with what you're really good at yep. and combine that with what makes the world a better place, mm. right? So if you could find yeah. where all of those three things intersect, right? What you love, what you're good at, and what you can do to help make the world a better place and do that. Yep. You know I mean? And we tell ourselves all kinds of stories as to why it's not possible. Um, but, but in, in my mind, I want to see people in the world doing what they love to do. Cause imagine how much better the place the world would be if everybody was doing what they love to do and how amazing, how amazing humanity and how, how amazing our world would be if everybody could do that. So that's it. That'd be my only thing is, you know, I hope, I hope people listening are inspired to, to chase their dreams and in a responsible way, obviously, you know, you don't want to do something that's going to make you lose your house, but, but, uh, but yeah, that's it, man. Do what you love and and do what makes the world a better place. Well, you're hitting on all cylinders here, uh, the trifecta of the magic of life. And it's really what cars has all about people who are inspiring automotive enthusiasts, which you certainly are, who uh, have figured out a way to wrap their passion, uh, into their lives. And most importantly, what you hit on here, which I've learned after 2,356 now, talks with inspiring people find a way to help others that is when we are our best how can people learn more and follow you in uh, all the things you're up to these days well i guess the easiest way are there's uh, two websites right nitrojoemorrison.com so we'd love to have people come check out the website uh, and uh, nitrojoemorrison.com also right to breathe.org and that's r-i-g-h-t the number two b-r-e-a T-H-E dot org. So cool. again, write the number two, breathe. Don't forget the E on the end of breathe dot org. That would be a great way for folks that want to learn more about what we're doing with the nonprofit. Um, and of course, social media, man. I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter still. I'm on uh, TikTok. I'm just starting. I haven't played around with that too much. But the easiest way to find me is Nitro Joe. But Nitro the chemical formula for nitro, which is CH3NO2Joe. So if you go onto Facebook and search CH3NO2Joe, you'll find me there. You'll find me on Instagram, Twitter. Like I said, those are the big ones. Uh, would love to, uh, to interact with people. I do have some help time to time with my social, but it's me. So I'm, I don't have a, a team of people working for me. Um, love it for people to reach out. You know, hook up with me on Facebook or, or Instagram and shoot me a message. I'll reply. You know, I, I love love meeting new people. One of the things I love about drag racing is getting to meet so many amazing people. Absolutely. I'll put links to all of these on Joe Morrison's show notes page on the Cars yeah website, but he's easy to find. Nitro Joe Morrison. Check it out. And also check out Right to Breathe. And remember, you know, if you're feeling anything odd going on with your body, talk to your doc right away. You could ward off something that could be warded off instead of waiting until it's too late. Joe Thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing an incredible life you've built. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you, hopefully, at the drag strip. 
Thanks, Mark. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you sometime soon. Absolutely. This was great fun. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!